What's up, well, Salt Lake City? I am Mayo So Well here, a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama at Church of the Highlands. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Pastor Jason and Pastor Erica, thank you so much. Pastor Erica, I haven't met you yet, but your husband, husband is phenomenal. Thank you so much for just allowing me to be here and hang out with you guys. You guys are family. I love your pastor, and I can't wait to come out to hang out with you guys in person due to COVID. I'm not able to make it out, but probably next time I will come. I am coming. I want to hug some of you guys. Wish I was there. Met your pastors at a pastor's round table, and wow, what a phenomenal man of God. I mean, other than his biceps and hamstrings and his CrossFit 30 times a week, just, just physique, he's a phenomenal man of God. I just knew that I would love him for life and we would be brothers for life as soon as we met. Every moment I spent with him, he always edified me. And I know this is true and you guys see that from him. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. Can't thank you enough, PJ, man. Thank you so much for just being a brother in his time right now with being a friend and just standing up for things that some people don't want to stand up for. Thank you so much. I admire you and I love you. And it's just an honor that I get to speak at you guys' home. So what's up? Like I said, my name is Mayo So Well. I'm your distant cousin, brother, uncle, whatever you want to call me. I'm down here in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm executive pastor here at Church of the Highlands. I am also campus pastor, and I'm the student pastor here at Church of the Highlands. Big shout out my senior pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges, because without him, this would not be possible. But yes, I am closing the talk we've been in for right now. This is week five of our collection of talks, Lines in the Sand. Lines in the Sand. If you're hanging out for the very first time, please, hey, go back, go back to last week. PJ preached a phenomenal message about the necessary way. That was a phenomenal message. Please, if you did not watch anything else, and if you missed last week, please, I want to encourage you, go back and check it out. But yes, culture is trying to get us to draw a line. And unfortunately, these lines right now that we're living in are extreme. But as the Bible tells us, God has some lines that he wants us to draw because he draws some lines for us. So we're going to take a look at our theme verse that we've been in for this collection of talks. And it comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm trying to sit, I'm going to try to sit down because when I stand up, I just get so excited. So I'm going to try to sit down. I, be, I, I, I would say I'm a little energetic, but praise God. I'm a little energetic. So I'm going to try to sit down. But I'm going to get passionate about some things as your pastor always does also. So, hey, we've been in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 19, and we're going to read, and we're going to jump in this message. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians church. He's trying to get them to understand that God drew some lines in the sand. I mean, he drew some lines, and he's trying to get them to draw a line also. So we pick up right here in verse 16. So he says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We can stop right there. If the whole world just do that, it'll be a better place. Just stop for one day. Stop evaluating others from a human point of view. Most time people see others and they say that's others and they exclude themselves. If we stop evaluating ourselves from a human point of view and look at ourselves, how God looks at us, how much more can we love others who we look at? But anyway, that's, that's a whole other conversation. But the world be a better place. And if someone out there quit evaluating yourself, from a human's point of view. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us. 
And then he goes on to says, at one, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people unto him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he have given us this wonderful message called reconciliation, this wonderful message called reconciliation. So if I had to title this message today, week five, I would title it Daily Line. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for this great church. We thank you for the leadership. We thank you for the senior pastors, Father. We thank you for Pastor Eric. We thank you for Pastor Jason. Thank you. Pray for their family. Pray for grace over their life, Father. Vision. Everyone attached to this ministry that you call to transform their city, transform their state, transform their nation, and transform the world, Father. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that you're present right now and that this word falls on fertile soil to produce a hundredfold. We give you all the honor. And before I end, I pray for Utah Jazz. I pray for Utah Jazz that they have another Carmelo and John Stockton. <laughs> the mailman. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love the mailman because I'm from Louisiana. And I, I just I love the mailman. Carmelo, he's awesome. Love John Stockton, Jerry Sloan. I just I like Utah Jazz. So I pray for Utah Jazz. I love you guys so much. How many of you guys out there enjoy new things? New things. How many? I love new things. My wife loves new things. We went on vacation a few weeks ago and she made me try muscle. That was a new thing that I tried. She wanted me to try it. She made me choose either her or the muscle. Mayo, if you don't eat this muscle, like this little seafood, I don't even, I don't even know where it come from. She's like, Mayo, she gave me crazy ultimatum. She said, hey, Mayo. She's like, you talking about lines in the She drew a line. Like my whole vacation was about to be ruined if I did not eat that muscle. So she's like, Mayo, try the muscle. I ate the muscle and it was new to me. And guess what? Two days in the room, sick, could not leave. I was down, man down, shots fired. I was done from new things. Gosh, Lee, I remember when I came from Louisiana to high school, when I came from high school, I came from Louisiana and I moved to Alabama. And my first girlfriend, first girlfriend, I remember like it was yesterday, my first girlfriend, she was just, she just loved to get me gifts. I was cool. Like, hey, you want to give me some gifts? That's cool. And she happened to get me my favorite pair of tennis shoes. I couldn't afford it myself because my mom would not give me tennis shoes over $120. Over, shoes are $500 now, like Yeezys and all these other, like, like expensive. But these shoes was $120, $120. And they came from my favorite basketball player, Allen Iris. So she gave me these shoes and I see the shoe box and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is from my favorite basketball player, Allen Iverson. And the reason I love Allen Iverson because he was so creative. They call him the answer. Meaning if you had a problem, just give it to the answer. It was so good. I love Allen Iverson with the Georgetown and I just watched him. And he came up with this move. I'm, I'm gonna try to illustrate it. I, I love basketball. So he came up with this move and it was called the crossover. It's called the crossover. So what Allen Iverson used to do is, he used to dribble the ball, dribble the ball, and he used to go to the right and create so much separation when he come back left. 
So you go to the right and come back left. And what happened? It creates separation from between him and the defender. And so the, 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 the move that he created, it was so effective that they decided to outlaw it in basketball. And it was called the killer crossover. Because he created so much space and so much separation between him and an opponent when he came up and he thought about this move and he came up and he innovated this move called the killer crossover. So I think that's important to know because how about this? It was an enemy against us that came up with this idea. I think the most dangerous idea because I think it was the first line crossed and it was the first line drawn in the sand. And he came up with this idea. It was called the concept of separation. The concept of separation. Now I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about the devil. The devil came up with this thing because he drew the first line. Like he drew the first line in the sand and he made a decision to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, I'm going to separate away from God. Meaning no creation ever had that concept in their mind to think that life can be better separated away from God. And the enemy came up, the devil came up with that idea right there, and it was the concept of separation. So let's look at it, because we're going to talk about these lines that the enemy draws in the sand, which happens to be lies. We're going to talk about it real quick. So let's go to the first one we'll see right here. This is, this is the description in Ezekiel that lets us know this. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14 through 15, and it's talking about Lucifer, which was an anointed cherub angel before he fell, before, before, before he fell, and he became Satan. And this is, this, is a, this is the prophet Ezekiel talking. And we're talking about these lines in the sand. We're talking about it. Watch this. It says, verse 14, you were anointed as a guardian cherub. For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God and you walked among the fiery stones. Watch this. You were blameless in the ways. You were blameless. You was blameless in your ways. From the day you were created until... Here you go. Here it is right here. Until wickedness was found in you. So what the author is saying, Ezekiel right there, he's saying it was this day when Satan came up with this idea and he came up with this lie. That's why Jesus calls him the father of lies in the book of John. He calls Satan the father of lies because he created this thing called separation. He created this lie when he drew a line in the sand and he said the first lie that he drew and he said was your life can be better without God. Your life can be better without God. And we see that right there. We, we see it if you, if, if you go look, I think, it's the, I think it's the book of Revelations. We see it in Revelation chapter 19 where, it's talk, where, it talks about, where it talks about him, Satan right there. No, I think it's Revelation chapter 12. It talks about how he drew a third of the stars with his tail. What that means is he drew a third of the stars with his lie, meaning he drew a third of the angels and he told them this lie and he said, hey, you can be better without God. You can be better without God. And then we see that he comes in the garden and he tells Adam and Eve, hey, you can be better without God. Take your life in your own hand. So that's one of the first lies that we have to deal with right there. And I want to talk about three primary lies that the father of lies tries to tell us because he wants us to draw a line in the sand and be separated away from God. I don't know who that's to right there. I don't know. But some, someone out there might have bit into this, this, this lie, might have bought into this concept and feel something they did has separated them away from God. 
I don't know. But here's three primary lies that he tries to tell us. Three primary lies. It's always in the same three, three places. It's always in the same three places. And we'll see on the end how the Apostle Paul, he comes to confront the lie that the enemy tries to tell us. The first one he says right here. This is a statement that he say. You are better when you are in control. That's what he told Adam and Eve. Hey, you are better when you're in control. That's what he told the angels when he wanted them to separate away from God. Meaning he says, take your life in your own hand because you are better when you are in control. That's what the world thinks right now. The world think they will be better when they are in control. That is a lie on the other side of the line. The wrong side of the line, the line that he drawed, he's trying to get every he's trying to get everybody on his side of the line because he's trying to tell us that, hey, come away from God because you are better when you have your life in your own hand. No, we're not better when we have a life in our own hand. That's why Paul talks about by one man act of disobedience. Sin came in the world, meaning when Adam and Eve bit into the concept of separation and they said, hey, my life is better when it's in my own hand. Sin entered the world. And then it says by death, by sin. So sin came into this universe. It came into this world when someone bought into the idea that they life is better in their own control. That's not the gospel. That's a line in the sand that we're not going to cross because it's only a lie that he's trying to write in the sand. So we see the next one. So, so he goes with control. He tries to get you to, to take control. And then he, then he attacks your purpose. He attacks your purpose. And that's the next lie that he tries to say. Watch this. He said, you are better when you are your purpose. You are better when you are your purpose. So just look around. Everyone is, everyone is being selfish right now in this area. Everyone's being selfish right now in this climate because everyone is considering themselves. They have stopped making the purpose others, so they start making the purpose themselves. So that's the lie that he's trying to tell us. So think about it. As soon as Adam and Eve, when he convinced them, he said, hey, hey, do this. You're not like God, so do this. Then he said, hey, why don't you think about yourself? Because you are better when you are your purpose. Meaning when I become my purpose, the people around me cannot be my purpose. And he tries to tell us that. That's the lie that he's trying to tell us. Says he drew a third of the angels. And he tried to tell them, hey, get away from God. And get away from your purpose. And the next one he says right here. He says, you are better disconnected. And we see that. We see that all in the Bible, right there in the first four chapters in the Bible. We see it. How he first came against them. And he sold them a lie. Said, hey, draw a line in the sand and separate away from God. And then he said, hey, draw a line in the sand and separate away from your purpose because their purpose was to replenish the earth, be fruitful and multiply. And then he said, draw a line and separate away from others. Meaning you are better disconnected. Just look at the world right now. The world is saying, you are this, I am this. You think like this, I think like that. I'm from here, you're from there. You believe this, I believe that. He's still telling the same lie. And he's still trying to get everyone to draw a line in the sand and agree with this connection. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus had to come. Jesus had to come because Jesus wanted to bring back and say, hey, I'm going to draw a line in the sand for humanity. 
Because I believe we are better together than we are better disconnected. We are better together than we are better disconnected. And 1 John talks about that. 1 John chapter 3, it talks about it. It talks about Jesus was manifested for this reason. It says the son of God was manifested for this reason to destroy the works of the devil. And all the works of the devil come from this crazy concept, this crazy concept that deals with nothing but the concept of separation. Trying to get us to draw a line in the sand from God, from purpose, and from others. And that's what Paul right there, and we back to our text, that's what Paul comes back and Paul is trying to tell us that. Paul is trying to tell us that, hey, Jesus came to reconnect us. He came to reconnect us, meaning Jesus was God. He came through a virgin called Mary. He drew a line in the sand and he said, I'm going to come to earth and I'm going to live 33 years and I am going to teach you, die for you so that you can be connected to God. And that's what, the, that's what the Apostle Paul is writing, the church right there. He's writing the church in Corinth, and he's telling them. He says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we, throw, we, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that if anyone belongs to Christ, he has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift of God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation, reconciliation. So in closing real quick, I want to talk about three things that we can do, three daily decisions that we can make, three daily decisions that we can make. To draw the line. And it's a line that must be drawn daily. Every day we wake up, we put our foot on the ground. We must draw the line. We must draw the line and make these three decisions. Because he made a decision for us. Every day, we must draw the line and make these three decisions. The first one. Draw a line daily to say we are together despite. We are together despite. That's what he says right there. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through, through Jesus Christ. Look what he's saying right here. All of, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. Jesus Brought us back to himself. So it's saying right here, draw a line daily to say we are together despite. That means despite what you did yesterday, despite what you're going to do in the future, despite what you did last night, despite your race, despite your, 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 your political opinion, despite all of that, we are together with God because Jesus did it. If we happen to think that we can do something to put us and bring us into God's favor, Guess what? We don't give the credit to the person who did it and his name is Jesus Christ. So every day I am going to draw a line and say I am today together with God despite. Despite. Despite that is your blank to fill in. I would draw that line daily. Every day you put your foot on the ground. Hey, I'm together despite my feelings. I'm together with God despite my finances. I'm together to God with God despite 
what I may be thinking, despite what I did, despite that I pray, despite that I worship, I'm together with God because that is a promise that God gave me personally. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am together with God despite. That's a line daily that we can draw. That is the heartbeat of this house. God is with you. God is with you. The heartbeat of your pastor. God is with you. When you go in the workspace, you don't go by yourself. God is with you. When you go into school, students, you don't go by yourself. God is with you. When you go into a relationship, you don't go by yourself. God is with you. When you go on a date, God is with you. When you're sitting on the couch and it's a little bit past bedtime and, and, and y'all sitting on the couch watching a movie and, you know, the, the, the hand went from and you start getting a little close and you're like, God is with you. Because the only way you're going to get out is God. God is with you. I'm going to even say this. Even in your worst day. In the middle of it, not after it's over, in the middle of your worst day. God is with you. Because the only way that you can get out, if you realize God is with you, then it gives you the grace, the courage to get out. That's a line that we must draw daily. God is with me. We are together despite. The second line that we can draw, the second line that we can draw, we can draw a line daily to say, my purpose is people. My purpose is people. The bottom line, my purpose is people. So the enemy, what he does is he gives you this concept of separation. He say, hey, God is not with you. And then when he say, hey, since God is not with you, your purpose then becomes you. Serve yourself. Be a self-servant. No, but God calls us to serve others. My purpose is not me. My purpose is people. So therefore, my prayers are not focused on me. My prayers is focused on people. My prayers are not focused on the 99. My prayers are focused on the one. My prayers is not focused on all this that's going on in my house, but it's focused on what's going on in my city. That's it. My purpose is not me. My purpose is not me. God so loved the world he gave. Guess what? He gave his only begotten son. Guess who's his son and daughter now? You are. So that means he gives you to the world. He don't give you to yourself. He don't give me to mail. God so loved the world, he gave us, the church, his only begotten bride, his only begotten family. He gave it to the world. The son of man came not to serve himself, but he came to serve the world and give himself ransom for me. The enemy will try to tell us, hey, focus on yourself. You are your purpose. But I think we have to draw a line in the sand daily, daily, and say my purpose is people. It's people. Think about it. Think about it. John chapter 8 when Jesus, I think it's John chapter 8 when Jesus walked to the lady and she was caught in the act of adultery. She was caught right in the middle of the act of adultery. The Pharisees was around. Everybody was around. The elders was around. What did Jesus do? Jesus stooped and he drew in the sand. And he drew. I don't know what he drew, but I think he drew a line and he drew a line. He said, guess what? I'm on her side. The person that's caught in a thing that I don't do, I'm still on her side. The thing that she did yesterday, thing that she might do the next day. Guess what? I'm still on her side. I'm drawing a line in the sand and say, I'm not about religion. I'm all about relationship because religion is about us. Relationship is about them. And he sat there and he called her daughter because he knew to be intimate and 
become family with her despite her race, despite her socioeconomic, despite her political opinion, to become one with her. His purpose was people. We can never find people as our purpose if we put other things above people. No. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Because people, and I know that's your heart. I know that's your heart. COVID is going on, you're still serving your city. COVID is going on, you're still doing groups. COVID is going on, you're still tuning in church. COVID is going on, you're still giving. You know why you give? You still give because your purpose is people. The enemy's trying to say, probably, he's trying to tell everybody, hey, don't give. No, I'm giving because I give through a church so that I can seek and save those who need Jesus. Your giving goes way beyond you. Your giving has a purpose, and the purpose is people. So keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Draw a line in the sand daily and say, hey, my purpose is not me. Devil, I won't listen to you and won't buy into your concept and come on your side of the line, which is a lie, and say, I'm my purpose. No, my purpose is people. And last but not least, the third line I think we got to draw daily. Daily lines. I think it's our decision to make daily lines. Third one is, draw a line daily to say, I refuse to be connected, disconnected. I refuse to be disconnected. And that's what it says right here. Watch this. Reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So it talks about how God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. So what's the way to reconcile? What's the way to not be connected? Not count sins. So what's the way to what's the way to be connected? Not count people wrongdoings. So meaning we have to draw a line daily to say, hey, we have a refusal. We refuse to be disconnected. Refuse to. I will get in a table group. It doesn't matter. Hey, I will get online. I will still group. I'm still going to sit at a table around a table and I'm going to be connected with someone who can give me the word of God, the encouragement of God, the love of God, the comfort of God, the faith of God, the victory of God, the trust of God, the influence of God. I am made to be connected. I'm drawing a line today. Guess what? I'm going to wake up place my feet on the ground, and I am going to be connected. I refuse to be disconnected because guess what? Connect Disconnected things, they cannot grow because they're disconnected. God created us for connection. Everything happens through connection. And that's a line that we have to say. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not separating away from God. Mr. Devil, I'm not buying into your lie. I'm not coming on your side of the line. Bind into your lie. I'm not doing it. I'm going to stay with God. I'm not going to make me my purpose. And I'm definitely not going to be disconnected. I'm not going to do it. I'm drawing a line in the sand daily. That's what we call to do, well. Draw a line in the sand daily. A daily line. Just some time. Um, I, I wasn't always a pastor. You know, uh, it's, you know, I, it's, it's kind of, um, it's only Jesus that I'm right here now. It's only Jesus. I say, oh, it was seven years ago. Well, uh, man, that's, 
wow, I, 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 just, I just can't even go back to the date. But some time ago, maybe, I think it was nine years ago, I took my life in my own hand. I played, I played NFL, I played at Buffalo Bills, tore my ACL. After I tore my ACL, I decided to sell drugs. I decided to sell drugs. I took my life in my own hand. Grew up as a, grew up as a Christian, went to church, my parents, but some kind of way I was convinced that God was not with me. I fell for the first lie. And I crossed the line into this world and I started to sell drugs. And uh, I ended up selling drugs for probably five years. And I got arrested in Arizona. And I was facing 10 to life from the federal government. I remember like it was yesterday. A letter came, a letter came up under the door when I was in prison and it said, Mail so well versus United States of America. I was like, how do, how do I get out of this one? Mail so well versus the United States of America. And I still didn't repent. I still thought my purpose was me. I thought my purpose was me. I'm still going to get out again and go make some money. My purpose is me. So I went to prison and I, and I, I had five years. So my fourth year, I stayed by myself, disconnected. Because my purpose was, was me. And I said, I was going to get out and do the same thing, but do it better. And it was this guy. It was this guy. It was a white guy. And in prison, you don't, co- you don't mix. White stay with white. Black stay with black. And it was this guy that walked in. He came up to me. And he said, hey, Mel, God has called you. Stop playing. He crossed the line. He made a line in the sand and he said, you know what? I am going to go talk to that young brother and I'm going to tell him that God has a call on his life. And I am willing, I am willing to draw a line in the sand just to give him the love of God because he needs to be connected. And we connected and I met Jesus. I repented. I started reading the Bible. I started just studying and started praying. And then I came out of prison. When I came out of prison, I got involved in Church of the Highlands. Met Pastor Chris. I seen your pastor. He ended up hiring me. I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to preach. I don't want to read him. I don't know what I'm doing. He said, but you have a call on your life because God is on your life and you love people. And not only do you love people, you love being around people. So what he seen was when I drew a line in the sand to say, you know what? God is with me. And because God is with me, my purpose becomes them. And now that my purpose becomes them, I can now be connected with them. He's seen that I draw a line and I am standing right here today because I cut the tail of the devil and I came on God's side of the line and I drew a line in the sand and I said, hey, God will never leave me or forsake me. Guess what? My purpose is people. And guess what? I refuse to be disconnected. Those are the lines that we are going to draw. And Jesus is going to change our city.